Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cast News Podcast. Today, I think we're on episode 22. Uh, and we are actually, I think at this point, Sean, I think we're taping and, and dropping the same week, which is where I'd love to be. Although it's very hard because Sean and I, while we love to talk to each other, we talk to each other on Friday and then a Tuesday and it can get confused. So Sean, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I know. We, uh, it seems like we just chatted, but yes, there's, you know, as always a lot to cover and we want to keep the discussion going. Uh, yeah, we're just hanging in there, pushing forward. We're we thought we'd we'd spend a little time today talking about some tax stuff. I know it don't everyone get too excited or turn us off, but we'll we'll try to keep it somewhat interesting. It is tax season. I know I've started to to get my stuff together and fill out my electronic stuff and see what I can get filed. Um, so uh, I think Tom and I were just kind of looking around this morning on for what to, to chat about, and I happened to see on the news some some info on uh the irs i think for next year not not this year um you know starting to talk about how they're going to tax uh income on the you know made through the venmo or paypal applications those third-party uh systems that are that, that we've talked about a lot um, so we thought we'd talk a little bit about that and some other things today just to, to kick it to kick around the tax topic a little bit yeah, awesome, so, Sean. And, and so I, I, we, we're going to put a kind of statement out here um, is neither Sean or I are tax experts. So please. That is very true. Yeah. yeah so do not get, do, do never take any tax advice from yeah, me. You don't take any Tom. tax advice from us. Um, we're we're going to talk about some of the current trends and things we're seeing. But I, 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 I say that half jokingly, but it's uh, with this particular topic, it is in one sense new, in another sense, it's not. So for all the listeners that, have used eBay and used PayPal bill to, to buy services, um, you know that that seller is, uh, is entitled to pay tax. There was some gray for many years, um, and this is where the ta- my tax expertise is gray, is that there's a form called the 1099K that some of these services would put out if you had an X amount of transactions, and it was very kind of fluid from service to service, Recently, and when I say recently, in the past few years, Airbnb, Etsy, DoorDash, Uber, all of those had a really established process. And it was kind of what we typically probably hear is if it was above $600, they would issue this 1099K. Um, But those are all apps that were designed to sell services and goods. So it's, it's common sense. I think where it becomes gray is what do you do when you have a Zello or a Venmo or a PayPal where, you know, Sean and I could go have a drink at a bar and I don't have any cash on me. And, and I say, Sean, I'm going to just, I'm going to Venmo you the cash. I'm, I'm not buying services from Sean. I'm, you know, I'm actually just the, the same way I would hand Sean a $20 bill to, to pay the bill. Um, and that's where I think it becomes a little gray. Um, I think um, everything I'm reading is, alludes to in 2023, these apps will all have a process to manage this, but if, if Sean and I, and we do, we do actually go to trade shows and this is a very real thing that could happen is, you know, here, let me Venmo you for the food. You know, we, 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 of course, both carry cash jokingly, right? Cause we talk about it all the time, but the reality is it's very common today to use Venmo to, to pay folks because of the convenience factor um, or Zella or, or PayPal. And I know PayPal has some banking things there, but um, I thought it was interesting, Sean, that, yeah. You know, Zella had a real kind of, they had a statement of, we are not a bank. We are just a connector between people. So it's up to the consumer or the payee or payee to 
identify this. I'm not sure the IRS will allow that for long. I think they're going to kind of get involved, but yeah. I mean, I guess the difference with, with Zell compared to the other two is, is they don't hold anything. Like you never have a balance sitting there. Right. So it is truly just the money is flowing through that application or whatever you want to call it, that interchange. <laughs> um, it's a messaging service, really. It's, it's telling one bank to debit and one bank to credit and that's it. Um, so I think they're, they're basically saying, either of the banks on either end need to do this reporting like always. Um, yeah. So figure out how to, how to do that. It's on the consumer and on the bank, the other entities like a Venmo or a PayPal can hold. Right. So they're, you know, you're, you're not necessarily ending at a bank. I think personally, it's a horrible idea to keep a large balance anywhere in those rather than at a bank, but um, you can, <laughs> and I'm yeah, sure a lot yeah. of people do. Yeah, pay, so PayPal, Venmo, the Cash App, those are probably really the, the the key ones that really fall within this. And I think it comes down to goods and services, right? If you're not selling goods or services, you're not technically supposed to pay taxes. Um, you know, we were joking before the show of, you know, this is a, a especially with business folks that travel, um, there isn't necessarily a limit on what you might memo, especially in, in an environment where, we might go out with a large group of people and Sean and I are covering the bill, you know, because sure. you know, of that, 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 you know, it wouldn't be out of the question to have several thousand dollars exchange in that. And that's where I think the IRS is, is kind of pushing the gray of, well, the way I perceive this is if, if it's not goods and services, you know, you're not going to claim it. You're not going to pay taxes on it, but you have to be aware if, if you're using Venmo a lot, if you're using cash off a lot that you might get audited. And you might have to then go back and explain it. Um, I, I can almost guarantee in 2023, um, all of the apps will have a button to press goods and services. I think PayPal already has that. Yeah. Um, but I think that will, will, that'll kind of be the trigger. And then I'm sure there'll be some behind the scenes numbers because as we all know, um, and this is kind of why cash is king, right? We talk about this all the time is these are not anonymous, right? Like Venmo knows exactly what, how much money you have, where you got it from. Cash App knows uh, whether they say they're going to disclose it or not. The reality is there's a record of that money. So if I send Sean $10,000 right now, there's no way for me to be anonymous. I think we should try it, Tom. Just yeah. send me, send me the 10 grand and let's see what happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, like, there's no way to be anonymous and, and all joking aside, um, I'm not a, a big enough user of Venmo to, to know, but I'm sure between my wife and I, we've done more than a thousand dollars of back and forth in the year that were things like, you know, gas, you know, here, thanks for picking the kids up or thanks for dropping off the groceries type of thing. Right. Um, and I, I, I know this is like time of that, a trend of the time of the, the time right now that we wouldn't do this before, but like a lot of times people come over the house and as opposed to bringing something, we'll order like DoorDash and they'll demo us. Like, it, like, so that's not, you know, that, that happens pretty regularly. So I definitely think it's a space to, to watch. Yeah, I think it's a space to watch. And I think it's, you know, and, and the privacy angle is, is funny on it. It's, it's like, we want it both ways at some point because Venmo is very interesting. I'm sure most folks that are listening to this have probably used it at one point or another, but like, unless you click like the little private thing, like who you pay Venmo to and like if you want to say what it's for, like gets broadcast to the entire like Venmo network. <laughs> Sean yeah. just paid Tom 20 bucks for dinner. Thanks. It was great. And like the world sees it. And then all of a sudden, on the other hand, we're like, 
oh no, I don't want you to know what I'm doing with my money. So it, it's this very interesting dichotomy of, of privacy. And, and, you know, maybe one end is I don't want the government knowing what I'm doing with my money because I have to be taxed on it. I don't care if the rest of the world knows, but I've got news for you. If the rest of the world knows, the government knows too. So, um, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting uh, to kind of, to kind of go through this. And I, I do wonder, depending how easy or complex or uh, just confusing it is in, in the future to try to track some of this stuff, depending on where the tax angle of this goes, um, if there will be a push back to the, the cash side of things, um, just from people, you know, not wanting to have to worry about whatever record keeping, although presumably it would be electronic and easy, but um, but having to worry about the record keeping or just getting into this scenario at all and say, you know what, I'm just going to go to the ATM and <laughs> I'm just going to pay you some cash and not, not worry about it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's a valid point because I think one of the things for me and, and you and I talk about this all the time is I don't use Venmo because I like Venmo. I use Venmo because it's convenient, right? So if I have to start records and pay attention, then it's, it's certainly not convenient and it would be much easier for me to say, Sean, I'll literally get, let's go to the ATM and let's get the money or tomorrow I'll give you the cash. Um, it's, it's certainly uh, the reason, the only reason that I use Venmo today is because it's convenient. It's not a, it's not like, oh, I love the technology aspect of it. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a definitely a techie guy that likes to try things, but I don't even have the cash app. I wouldn't use the cash app because from the cybersecurity side of Tom, the cash app is often, and I'm no, no disrespect to the cash app here, but it, it was often used um, for payment for nefarious things early on. And it isn't anymore. It's a very reputable app. I'm not saying that's bad, but I just remember when I do dark web investigations, investigations. So is, if you have cash app and you send this to me, I'll do that. After I see like, I don't ever see anybody on the dark web saying, you know, use Venmo. <laughs> send me your Venmo. Like, so, and that's probably the privacy angle, right? That you just talked about that cash off is more private, but PayPal, um, it actually not, again, this has nothing to do with PayPal. It isn't uncommon to go on some of these, uh, underground boards and people will take a PayPal payment for, you know, credit card information, IDs, um, you know, things, things of that nature. Um, so definitely, definitely something to watch. And I think it, it goes back to the anatomy of cash. And that leads me to, well, we're not going to get too far into these. It's the same conversation with Bitcoin. Like there's been the last six months, the government's going to crack down on taxes. And while I think there's dual purpose here, I definitely think the Colonial Pipeline and JBS, you know, because of those huge ransomwares, the government said like, no, we're, we're going to make it harder for criminals to operate. But at the end of the day, we all know that we have to pay tax. So, you know, I, I, I can see regulation coming and it's already happening. I, you know, I, I know that any of the brokers that are big brokers, you're going to get a tax statement. Um, you're going to get a tax statement or you're going to get a letter saying it's your responsibility to claim this so that they have due diligence. And we all know, like, if you get any electronic letter, whether it says like the Zello comment of you're responsible for doing this, when an audit comes up, that's going to be, hey, you didn't know? You know, here, here's here's the, the issue. So I, I definitely see the regulatory coming and I actually welcome the regulatory side of it. Um, I know that, I know that Bitcoin, using as an example, you know, or, or crypto is supposed to be decentralized and anonymized, but we know that that's not the way it works. That allows for any money laundering, that allows the, the money laundering, so it doesn't follow AML, it allows for all sorts of things. So 
I think yeah. taxes are natural, right? They are, and it's a it's a really ballooning space from a tech development side in the in that whole Bitcoin cyber currency trading world. I was just on the phone with a with a company uh, who might be coming on board to to participate um, in our digital currency conference coming up at the end of February in Washington, D.C. at the Renaissance Hotel. Sorry, just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, <laughs> but I was just talking to a, a company that hopefully will be there um, whose really sole mission right now is is developing, and the, the IRS just contracted with them, actually, um, and they're developing a, an interface and platform and all the technology to go through your Coinbase or whatever your your brokerage is of, of choice um, for digital currency and be able to do all the tax reporting and calculations and interfaces that all these groups need. So it's, it's happening um, and it's an emerging topic and, and governments all over the world are, are struggling with it. And there's a lot of companies, uh, including this one, um, that are Need you know in the in the weeds of it, getting the technology ready <laughs> to be able to to make it uh, one I guess easy um, for for people to to do like just like reporting taxes on your stock sales, you get a statement and it's like here it is, okay, cool. <laughs> it's something along the same lines, and and because they're interfacing with the IRS and working on all that sort of stuff that side of the equation will already have the numbers much like they already do. So it's, you know, um, it, the technology is coming to facilitate all of this and make it. So it's a lot less, uh, well, you could say burdensome, you could say, uh, or a lot less able to be hidden, <laughs> but, but nonetheless yeah. it's coming. <laughs> yeah. And I think actually what your, your comment there is that, so blockchain, and we're not going to get super technical because I, I'm, I'm not a blockchain expert, uh, obviously. Um, I follow it probably closer than the average person, but like there are ways to manage the tax implication without giving, you know, completely giving up your anonymity. Uh, so, you know, that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to avoid paying taxes, but there are ways to utilize a decentralized method to still identify you owe taxes, but not necessarily where that those funds came from. And I think that's the quasi space that we're in is how do we keep the, the decentralized piece of it and still manage it? There are ways to do it. Today, I can identify, you know, if Sean sends me money, you know, I, I can, you can go online and see that Sean sent me money. You just don't know I'm Sean and, and that, that piece. That's the whole idea of the blockchain is a way to manage it, but it's decentralized. So I think this is a space that isn't going away. And I continuously say because Sean and I laugh about this is digital currency and cryptocurrency are very different. You know, we we consistently see central banks saying, you know, that they're they're looking at ways to come up with digital currency. That's not crypto. That's that's you know basically a digital form of fiat. There it is not about anonymity. It's about ease and that that whole thing I said before about that ease of use that comfortable that the younger generation it's about the, the way that the money exchanges less than paper versus digital so when a central bank says they're backing a digital currency it's essentially digitizing a note and and i mean i'm oversimplifying it but that's not the same as what sean and i are talking about about bitcoin and things you know in in the future world we may come a kind of pace where you go to the bank and you say i want to take a thousand dollars out but i want it digitally and you know, in your digital currency versus the notes, that isn't the same as a debit card either. It, it's it's a very different thing. And what the easiest way I can uh, kind of explain it is, 
a digital note would have an, it would be authenticated in a chain of custody in the blockchain saying this digital note belongs to Sean and only belongs to Sean until he gives it to somebody else. Um, and I think that that is what I often am asked questions about. And, you know, what I say is, you, you know, Sean and I often say this because there's no reason not to. We like to get experts on when neither one of us are experts in in crypto, I have a, probably a higher degree of knowledge from the risk side than the average person, but I love to get the experts on the talk. But I also am alarmed by the amount of communication on the internet of people going, oh, you know, did you hear the Fed is making its own cryptocurrency? And it's like, no, that's not what the Fed is saying. Or, the, you know, the Central Bank of Mexico, that's not what they're saying. Um, unlike El Salvador is saying, we're accepting Bitcoin. That's not even saying, that's just saying, they're allowing it to be a tender. So I, I, even yep. that isn't the same. And there's a lot of crossover in, in those conversations. So whoever's yes. listening, if this is intriguing, exciting to you, you should go to DC and, and spend the day learning about it because um, I'm actually really excited about the, the, the digital piece of the conference. Um, and I know you have a full day dedicated to this, which is with a really, really good lineup of speakers. You're talking about experts that really do know the space. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great day, February 25th. Um, and yeah, we've got all sorts of regulators. We've got providers, got the central banks, um, just everybody, IMF, World Bank, um, digital currency think tank. Uh, so we got some NYU, um, just a whole, whole bunch of folks that are going to be there and talk about it. I, you know, and there's so many areas to go to go into it. We're we're thrilled how it's kind of come together and um, looking like, you know, at this point we'll have. I think we're up to almost 125 or 150 registered, so it's a good crowd shaping up. We still got a couple of weeks to go, so it's a going to be a good gathering for the day. Um, you know, the other thing in in this space that I think just speaks to the difficulty in in i mean you can yes there is a gazillion different crypto the, to tom's point there's a lot of crypto currencies out there i don't even know the count anymore but it's more than you can fathom really there's so many um but when you're starting to talk about a a stable digital currency right that that's an agreed upon value uh with a market mass that is widely accepted this is not an easy thing to do and the other news this past week was um dm uh has basically closed up shop right so um there you had then that was the one remember it was it was facebook it was google it was originally it was this uh conglomeration of tech giants um that said we're going to create a uh, digital currency <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, Facebook it changed names once or twice and it was, it was last <laughs> known as DM. Uh, of course it, it all came out when Facebook was having its initial privacy testimonies at Congress and all that, which really wasn't good timing for a, a Facebook backed currency to be introduced. But nonetheless, um, over the past few years, it's been tried, but it, it just hasn't, you know, it's, it faced headwinds from regulators and central banks trying to understand the threat to the monetary system and what this private digital currency would do to to normal government issued currency or central bank issued currency it's and it just never was able to coalesce but i but i think that's it's it's interesting when you think of you know when you get the tech giants together to develop something like this initially a lot of people thought 
well, this is going to be the one. This is this is it. If if anybody has a chance of making a private sector digital currency work, yeah. it's these guys. Yeah. Um, and even that couldn't couldn't face the uphill. Yeah, I I think that um, I think you started you hit the nail on the head though. It had a lot to do with Facebook's timing, and yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of privacy concerns about do we want you know the people that already have more information than about us than anybody in the world you know, putting together digital currency. So I, you know, as this is, this is, that is my space, right? The cybersecurity and risk space. The reality is it, while it's a double-edged sword, they probably would have done the best job at making it work, making it, you know, work together. And um, I think that social media in general and Google, um, and uh, I write about this all the time. I talk about this uh, 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 all the time, not that it gets a bad name, but it, it, it's remarkable to me that people misunderstand how they create revenue. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, they create, we, we are the product, right? If you use any of those, we are the product. That's how they create the revenue. Google creates the revenue when you search by being able to go, I know a lot about Sean. So I know what Sean searches. I know a lot about Tom. I know they're connected. I now can create a profile for a person like Sean or Tom, same age group, same demographic, same industry. You know what? We know that Sean and Tom went to Vegas together. When they were searching, they were looking for places to eat. They take all of that information and they create advertising around it. And it sounds silly to me when people go, well, oh, they have all of our information. We're giving them all our information. That's <laughs> that. We're, you know, I wrote an article many years ago that we gave up privacy for convenience. And I use social media regularly. And my, my comment is that you know, and I'll stay true to it, is that the things I share on social media, I'm aware of that they're not going away. I'm aware of the risk, but I'm also aware of the fact that it is nearly impossible today, unless you are not digitally connected to anything, to not have some level of risk. It's just being smart about it. So when I just circle back, when I hear like people going like, oh man, Facebook, Google, creating a digital currency would be terrible. It's kind of like me going like, I don't know, because they have the infrastructure to really support it. Um, I think with with the the challenges, do we want these tech giants to have more power than they already have? And I spend a lot of time in my in my you know uh, I have another you know do a lot of time on another podcast about this very topic of privacy and what consumers give up. Um, and I think Bitcoin and cryptocurrency has given a sense that. It's completely anonymous. And my answer, and I re, I'll never forget, I think, Sean, you and I actually might have done a podcast around this time, but I know we talked about this, you know, when, when the FBI seized, you know, I don't know, eight, eight million, you know, significant amount of money, I can't remember off the top of my head now, um, from the JBL or from the Colonial Pipeline issue and from these, or from the JBLs, people said, it's impossible. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not impossible. <laughs> if, there's, if it's digitized, there's a trail. And it, when the U.S. government wants to do something, they can do it. And so nothing is really anonymous um, except for cash. Like, I hate to say that. It really is. I mean, that is the real anonymous piece. And yes, we are the Cash News Podcast and we talk about cash, but that's a factual statement. It's not a, you know, that's not a, a self-fulfilling prophecy for the Cash News Podcast. Um, we, we weren't going to necessarily call it the Cash News Podcast, by the way. We, we just thought it was a cool name. It was really about currency payments but so let me let me ask you your opinion on this what do you think what do you think in the next 12 months is going to happen with some of this crypto i, I know that you, you're not next one crypto but the market's crashing 
You've got double peaks. So you got one set of analysts saying that crypto is going to spike again and invest. You got another set of analysts that says it's it's ripe for adjustment. What's Sean for everybody? Stay tuned now because we're going to get Sean. Yeah. If no offense, but if I knew what was going to happen, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast. Not that I don't love talking to you. But okay. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, I, I think it's a volatile market. It's what we've said all along. I think it'll, yes, it's crashing right now. I think it's going to go up again. Um, I, I, I don't think it's, I really, I, in the grand scheme of things, I still think there's so much development going on in the crypto space and new things coming out and people still tinkering around it. That is, I don't think it's reaching any sort of like uh, normal looking <laughs> growth thing where this is a crash and then it's going to rebaseline lower and like, slowly trend up i think it's still going to be there's going to be high peaks there's going to be low valleys it's still going to bounce all over the place um and we're still as we said years away from any sort of like massively you know used government issued central bank issued currency that could again as we've talked about it's a different thing um and it's a different use case so i mean there's i still yeah I think it's just going to be more of the same. Uh, we're going through a crash now, and it's what we've said all along with the crypto stuff. If you want to play with it and invest in it, by all means, go for it. But don't put anything in there you don't care about losing. Yeah, so make- I, I, my sentiment exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> people always ask me, and I'm like, I don't have enough money to play it with that I get concerned. If I put any money in it, it's it's basically... The, the, and this is such a bad analogy for our audience because I know they're going to, you know, I know Sean and I will get yelled at when we see the crypto guys <laughs> later is that I equate it to, I could spend money in Vegas at the blackjack table, or I could put it in crypto. And, and that's the way I look at it. And that's not a negative statement. I, I'm with you, Sean. I think this is an adjustment that will go up. I think it's here to stay. I've said it a million times. Um, I think that it, it has not reached its peak. Um, but no, I, also I, think yeah, I, I also think there are so many coins that, we as an industry need to narrow because there's just so much out there. But again, that's the whole idea of crypto to, to allow it to be, you know, kind of what it is. And I'm disappointed that, you know, um, the tech companies didn't come up with a crypto because I was really curious to see how it would play out. Um, and um, not, not in a joking manner, really, I was really curious to see how they would utilize all that data they have to try to position it differently. So switching, switching gears a little, cause we talked about, uh, you know, we always talk about COVID and tax time. I'm, I'm sure our listeners, at least if you live in the Northeast, it did make national news. I think it even made international news. There were two nurses in New York that were arrested for selling one and a half million dollars worth of fake vaccination cards. So we talked about fake vaccination cards, but this story is like one of those stories that when you read it, as you continue to read it, you're like, oh my goodness. And it just keeps getting better and better in the sense of a train wreck. Um, so two nurses in, in New York were selling fake vaccination cards. Adults, I think it was 200 and change and kids, it was $85. And they actually kept a ledger. And so uh, somehow in, in typical media fashion, this ledger got out. So there's actually pictures of a handwritten ledger. Um, and when they went to one of the nurses' houses, there was nine hundred thousand dollars in cash. We talk about taxes. You're like, what do you do with nine hundred thousand dollars <laughs> in cash? Like, that's a problem to begin with. And then to further exasperate or make the story, what I'd say, only only in COVID times, is one of the nurses' husbands is a police officer. So <laughs> it, it just it's just this whole scenario of where we're at with COVID. And 
you know, immediately I stuck to the million and a half in cash and how do they do it? Why do they keep a ledger? That was my first thing. Like, what's this ledger for? Was it to split the, the proceeds? Like, I don't. They're very savvy business people. They're, yeah. They want to know where their money's coming from, yeah. where it's going. And <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I always, I'm always amazed when this isn't like, um, so I used to do a lot of investigations where you have someone cooking the books where you have to have a ledger because they have to keep track. This is two people selling fake vaccination cards. And I kind of am shocked that the police go, oh, thanks for this notebook, which makes our already really solid case basically impossible for you to dispute. Oh, and and the and the shoebox is full of money. And I'm I don't know that they're in shoeboxes, by the way. I just saw pictures <laughs> of the money, you know, really help. But it really talks about what we what we talked about. And I know this is not necessarily what our listener audience says is they can do it because it is cash. They can, you know, they screwed up, but the reality is. They don't know if there's a, the reason they have a million and a half dollars is because that ledger is what was written and it wasn't. If that ledger wasn't written and they didn't admit it, they might not ever know how how much. What can you find and count? Right. Yeah. Yeah, You never know. I mean, we at the Federal Reserve, as you know, when we would occasionally, you know, there would be somebody that tried to get a little, little fancy and, and pocket a few notes that they were processing here or there. And, and the common answer every time you catch somebody doing it you catch them all the time, uh, might take a little time sometimes, but you always catch them. Um, okay. The answer is always like, so how much did you take? And it's always like, well, how much did you find? <laughs> that's all you can, that's all you can do. <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was, you know, as you know, I did investigations and when you do an interrogation, the goal is not to get them to admit to what you know, right? Like, uh, you know, you want to, you want to get the truth, but really it's getting the truth, but we, you know, our focal point was not for you to validate what we could prove. Newsflash, <laughs> we could prove it, was to to under, you know, really underpin what else was there. And remarkably, um, I, this is a factual statement. Nine out of ten times, if you ask the question right, you find out what was there. So I know we 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 went, although we thought this would be really short. <laughs> we kept going. We always we keep kept, talking. We keep talking. So um Look, I'm excited. You know, I think you need to tell everybody again because I don't think people have heard it enough. What's going on at the end of February? Yeah. So at the end of February, we're going to talk about all this stuff and more at the Banknote and Currency Conference and the Digital Currency Conference, all in one fascinating, fun-filled week from the 21st to the 25th of February, which is this month now. Um, So come and see Tom and me and about 40 other live speakers from all over the world um, on stage. Uh, Probably actually if that 40 just for Banknote and Currency Conference, probably another 20 uh, for DCC. So 60 experts um, talking about all this stuff um, with receptions and fun. There'll be a show, there'll be a dinner involved. We got some magic. We got some dueling pianos. It's going to be a blast. Um, trying to get everybody together again in a COVID friendly and safe way. Um, so we are, are thrilled and looking forward to it. So, so come see us. Uh, if you need more information on that, uh, you can hit me or Tom up and Tom will, will get you over to me. Um, but you can also look at currencyresearch.com for plenty of information on all of these events. Um, but we would love to see you there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be there. We're going to tape, we're going to be taping and potentially doing some live podcasts. I think we actually have it slotted to do one a day, which is awesome. And um, in case you can't tell, Sean and I have completely different 
um, banter when we're together. So it's always exciting when we're together. We'll have guests. I'm sure we'll be able to grab people to come on. And then I, I just, COVID, I thought I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this because you said COVID safe environment. So just this morning, I heard news that the University of Florida has officially, this is a big deal because this is a very large university if you think compared to They've officially classified COVID as an endemic instead of a pandemic. So they've actually changed their testing guidelines. They changed uh, all of that. Why is that important? Because you have an academic institute and one of the largest in the country. Um, I wish I knew um, that what number it is, but I know it's one of the largest in, in the United States. And they are officially saying that they are classifying COVID as an endemic. And that really changes the whole scope. So if we continue to see that changing, they've actually changed their testing guidelines, they've changed everything, um, which is probably the most promising sign, you know, for, for people like Sean and I who travel quite a bit. So I, I thought that'd be a good way to end the podcast here. I'm super excited to see Sean and everybody. Um, it's going to be a great event. I think Sean, we're expecting at least 500 people, right? Monday. Yeah, we're up over 500 now. So, yeah. uh, you know, we'll be right around there. That's great. And then, um, cause I know Sean said 120 or hundred, that's for the digital currency right. that one day, yes. the other event is going to be pretty large. So, um, yep. we're really excited to see each other. And I still think you're going to get another dose of us before then, cause we still have another podcast. So, you know, people will come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Signing off. Uh, everybody stay safe. Thanks right. for listening. Like Thanks. subscribe, share it, please, please, please subscribe. I love when people say they listen but don't subscribe, but please subscribe. And if you want, we're on YouTube too. So you can actually see us and it's comical. So you should see us. All right. Exactly. Talk soon. Take care, everybody. Okay.